Hi, everybody. My name is Christopher Bruce. I'm an attorney in South Florida, and I have the real pleasure today to be joined by Phyllis McAllister. Phyllis is a licensed psychotherapist. She's in the, the Fort Pierce area, and she has written a book, The End of Forever. And um, the, the topic of, of the book um, is really built around um, how to navigate a Christian divorce, which is um, the topic of what we're going to be talking about today. So, Phyllis, thank you for joining us, and um, maybe just uh, take a moment to, to tell people um, about your background and how you came to, to write the book and, and be here today. Yes, yes. Thank you, Chris. First, I'd like to thank you for this opportunity to talk to you today. But um, yes, the book was written. Um, basically, it's a personal story of my own journey. Now, you did mention I'm a psychotherapist, which is true. And um, so I've worked with a lot of people that have gone through divorces, particularly Christians, and then have my personal story to collaborate with that. I think it, it, it's a good blessing to the people. Um, the book is really written to educate, encourage, and empower um, women. Now, not that I don't believe men go have you know, emotional problems after a divorce, <laughs> but the book is written to um, women. So I do want to make that caveat in the beginning. And it's just to encourage them to know that even with divorce on their record, they still have value and worth, you know, to God and to, and to, and to the, the church. So I guess you can say my misery turned into my ministry, which is pretty, I think it's pretty awesome. And I'm really um, happy to be able to serve um, in this way with my personal story. And again, you did say I'm a psychotherapist. I do want to mention that I am in private practice in Fort Pierce, Florida. I also um, uh, an adjunct professor at Indian Real Estate College. So there I, I teach upcoming therapists and I'm also a qualified supervisor for the state of Florida. So there I supervise and train therapists. So I'm very much, um, have my feet wet in this field. Well, that's um, an amazing story. And, and you told me to call call you Phyllis, but maybe I should call you Professor. I don't know. Um, oh, but... no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Phyllis is fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, Phyllis, um, you know, I guess to start off the, the discussion on this, I mean, maybe it just sounds a little bit cliche, but maybe mm. you could talk for a second. I mean, is, is there a thing as such a thing as a Christian divorce? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question, Chris, and I tackle this in the introduction of the book. Um, the first thing is to realize that I did my research and found that 37% of Christian marriages end in divorce. And when wow. you, yeah, so it's pretty, pretty um, sad, but that is a fact. And to make that even more realistic, Chris, you take the number of Christians, that 30% of divorces, and you end up with 75,850 Christians that are divorced. So is it a cliche to say that we suffer Christian divorces? I don't think so. I think as Christians, we're in this world and we suffer the same maladies that most people do. 
and divorce causes the emotional and psychological and financial and all those devastating um, pain and suffering we experience as well as the secular world. So there is a such thing as a Christian divorce. That's, that's my point. <laughs> <laughs> so when it, it comes to those Christian divorces, and I guess for women specifically, I mean, what are the mm -hmm. unique challenges that... Um, you know, Christian women um, like yourself, um, when they go through divorce, um, face that, you know, maybe their more secular um, girlfriends might um, not feel as, as, as they're going through the process. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a good point. And I can tell you that for a Christian woman to experience divorce, it comes with a crisis of faith. And what I mean by that, Chris, is that any person, particularly a woman, that suffers divorce, what comes with that is a lot of, uh, you feel as if you failed. You feel as if you failed your family, you failed your spouse, you failed your family, you failed your church and your friends. But with a Christian woman facing divorce, there's that extra layer of the feeling or the thoughts that you failed God. And see, that's where it really sort of hits home and makes a difference between a Christian and a secular woman who's going through a divorce. Well, one of the questions I have for you, and I mean, I you did, I feel like, thoroughly cover this in, in your book, but, you know, what advice do you have for the women out there that are listening or, or watching this, and they know they're they're in a toxic relationship, but they consider themselves um, dedicated to their religion and they just feel that, you know, for religious reasons, they shouldn't be um, leaving what, you know, is otherwise a, there is a, a very unhealthy relationship. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And to answer that, Chris, I want to zero in on your phrase, toxic relationship and toxic marriages. Now we know Living in this world, you're an adult, I'm an adult, I'm assuming you're married, I've been married, right? So we know that marriages are difficult and sometimes disappointing. That's, that's par for the course. So we are not discussing normal marital problems. We're talking about toxic marriages, abusive marriages. Okay, so we have to keep that in mind when we talk about, um, you know, wanting to remain in your marriage for religious purposes. And I always point to the Bible and, um, and a lot of enormous amount of scriptures point to the way we should treat one another. There should be kindness. Yeah. There should be love. There should be respect. There's many, many, many um, um, scriptures on that point. And so for a woman to remain in a marriage that's toxic and abusive, where there's could be lying, cheating, manipulating, um, adulteries, <laughs> gaslighting, all these toxic um, behaviors that they're living with, one cannot assume that God would want you to stay in a situation like that. Not when you line it up with what he tells us in his word about how we should um, interact in relationships. 
So toxic, abusive, you have to take a different approach, not the same advice for someone who's suffering a normal marital problems and someone who's in a toxic relationship. That makes a, a, a lot of sense to me. And, you know, when it, it comes to um, women that are identifying with all this, women of the Christian faith who are mm -hmm. contemplating divorce, I mean, what's your best advice to the things that they need to be thinking about or, or planning on um, as they go through the process if they do? Right, right. Well, I can tell you there's three steps, and my book brings this out. These are the three steps that I personally went through myself. The first one is pray. Much, much, much prayer. Much seeking God. Much getting an understanding, a good understanding of what God requires of a wife and of a marriage and of a husband. So praying, um, um, studying the word, getting a good understanding, solid understanding of that. And then find yourself a really good biblical Christian counselor. Now we're talking to Christian women that are going through divorce. So you want to get the right counsel. And then my third step, I'd say, make sure you find a really good lawyer like yourself, Chris, who understands Christians that have divorces and particularly um, divorces from toxic relationships. They have a different dynamic to it. It's not, it would not be as simple as one might believe, right? And, um, and if yeah. you are considering re, um, re reconciling, that's wonderful after you've got, gone through these steps and you're gonna wanna work through your marriage and you wanna make sure you see good godly sorrow and repentance and change of behavior. So you're not going back into the same situation you just got out of. And that's something I wanted to ask you about based on just mm -hmm. um, an experience I, I had with one of my clients. And I mean, I guess just set the context, um, this this person, um, wonderful person. And, and now, I mean, she's doing fantastic. And mm -hmm. um, But she was a, a business-minded person and always presented as very much together, you know, having her act together when we were working through things. And after the divorce, she called me and we've been in touch just because it's just amazing, amazing how she's been doing. And she's a very mm -hmm. nice person. But she said, oh, well, I did one of these podcasts kind of like you and I are doing now. She's like, you got to listen to it. She's like, I, I talk about how we work together and, and all that. And it, so I, I did eventually listen to it. And um, it was wonderful hearing her, but then there was a part in it that she never, ever brought up to me um, when um, we worked together and, and she was a, a very, is a very Christian um, woman, but she brought up um, on the podcast how she, she was homeschooling her kids. And um, part of that was at a, um, at, at the church um, with one of, you know, a couple of the women. And when she, she described an interaction to where she went there and um, one, uh, two of these people that were very, close as she thought friends of hers when they found out about the divorce they came up to her and um, they were um, she thought that they were going to be reassuring her and mm. telling her they understood because they'd seen what her husband was capable of and and she was quite shocked and very much affected when um, her, her friends as, as 
she felt um, were basically telling her how disappointed they were in her and mm -hmm. um, how much she'd come to regret the decision. And it just, it for her, it, it really set up an awful dynamic because the church was her support network. And, right. you know, her, her fellow um, parishioners and friends um, really kind of turned against her, um, kind of mm -hmm making it seem like, hey, you're you're abandoning our, our faith by doing this. So long way of introducing my question, which is, I mean, what advice do you have for, for women um, of Christian faith when, you know, maybe for lack of a better term, they're being um, shunned by other members of the church when they do seek to step out of one of these unhealthy relationships? Yeah, and that is very, very um... You know, my heart goes out just listening to the story that you shared about that woman, because as you said, your church is your place of comfort, it's your, your social, it's a family, you know, and sometimes these divorces can just like split right through a lot of those relationships and you find people taking sides and, and, um, and sometimes it's just, it's, it's turns into a real, real difficult thing to navigate, right? But what I would say in those situations, um, also in the book, I share a few experiences I had with that same situation. And um, what, I, what I did was I decided instead of defending myself, instead of taking, you know, an exception or fighting with people or, you know, being negative in return, I let God defend me. I knew that I'd done the right thing. I prayed. I was led by God. Sometimes not everybody believes you. Not everyone agrees with you. And so you're going to have some of that when you, when you get a divorce. But just know that you've done what was best for you in, in your relationship with God. If you felt that was the right thing for you to do, given the toxicity and the abuse that you were living under, then you'll have to let God handle those relationships that have fallen apart because of it. I guess on a, a similar issue, and it might be a similar mm -hmm. answer, but um, a, mm -hmm. a trend I see um, in some of these divorces, especially where there's a very toxic um, partner, and like you right. said, I mean, this can go both ways, and mm -hmm. maybe I just uh, I end up having more of the, the females in these situations with my clients. Um, so what I'm used to seeing in, in some circumstances in, you know, very, you know, devout families uh, where the female steps out for um, well-justified reasons on mm -hmm. healthy marriages, um, but there's children, and these can be adult children, but um, right. sometimes they're um, I've seen it even with um, mothers who homeschool their kids, um, very religious type um, families and um, where the mother was really the, the main person around the kids and um, she effectively was disowned by, by the children because they were convinced that she was going against the church by yeah. um, ending the relationship and presents a unique dynamic and, and just an awful way, way um, to live. But I mean, what's your advice to people who um, are in that situation or maybe fear they, they might be and, and how to handle it with, with mm. their kids who are oftentimes, besides the church, the focus of, of their world? 
Right, right. That is extremely disheartening to, to, to deal with as well. And what you're describing, Chris, we as therapists, we know it as parental alienation. It happens a lot, mostly with young children who are caught in the midst yeah. of a divorce. And again, it can happen with adult children that take inside um, situation again. But the one thing I do tell parents in these situations is to remember to keep the child as the priority, right? So if that spouse is speaking negative things about you, be sure that you do not tally it. Do not send back a negative message or say something negative to that, that child about their mother or father. So you focus on being a caring and loving parent, regardless of what you hear, you know, that the child is saying that, that the, um, the father or the mother had said to them, but you just be that loving, caring, caring parent and evidence will show, right, eventually. Sometimes it doesn't happen right away. It could be years when the child grows up, but what they will never hear from you is a negative word about their parents, you know? So you're keeping that child's feelings, that child growth, that child as a priority, not your reputation. I think it's a very dignified way of, of thinking about it. And I guess mm. maybe I'll ask a bonus question. What's what the <laughs> moment we had? And, um, but I figured you'd be well-suited to to answer it. And, and that's, you know, I, I've dealt with, you know, more than a handful of, of women that um, they seek divorce and, and they're kind of alienated from, from their kids and they kind of come to a crossroads and they, they weigh heavily on um, possibly going back on their decision to leave a toxic relationship because they mm. feel otherwise um, they're not going to have a relationship with their kids and maybe their, their husband or partner won't be able to take care of them as, as well as mm -hmm. they can. Um, what do you say to those, those people? Yeah, those are real threats. You know, you know, you're looking at the threat of not having your child, the threat of the, the, the um, parent that's threatening maybe to cut you off financially. And you may look at that and say, well, it's better for me to stay in this situation than to have to deal with all of that. But what I would say is just to think of the long-term damage that can be done by remaining in a situation like that. Like right now, it may seem very unbearable, but in the long run, should you stay in a situation like that, there's more and more emotional and psychological damage, and not just to you, but to the children. So I would say, try to do your best to manage that situation. So if you need to put distance between you and that unhealthy partner, right? So that would look like maybe um, negotiating with a third party on transfers and children drop-offs, you know, to limit the access, to keep the kids in a positive environment, to keep them from the parental discord. But I would say if you know for your safety, mental, emotional, physical, or what have you, as well as your children to move forward with the divorce, then do that, but do it in a way that's healthy and least 
damaging for your children. And then, Did that I mean, answer? I, I'd, I'd, mm -hmm. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think I'd agree with it because I mean, my own research I've, I've done on this is just when it compares kids and, and how successful they are and well-adjusted as adults and, and comfortable in relationships themselves. I mean, the, the studies all really seem to find that, um, you know, the children that e even when parents separate and are, are, are not co-parenting or not in alignment mm -hmm. with each other, children that grow up in that circumstance um, are far better off over time as adults and, and comfortable in relationships than children who grow up where both parents are married in the same household, but with a very toxic, unhealthy um, relationship. And that's just from, um, that's what a lot of the research um, tends, tends to show on that from colleagues in, in your field. So I, I agree with that advice uh, spot on. I, I think most, and if they could do it over again, uh, would they stay for the kids? A lot of my clients would say they wish they left earlier and dealt with the consequences. Um, yeah. You know, as hard as they, um, that would have been, it just doesn't get better with time. It doesn't. Um, not these but, toxic, abusive. So time doesn't, it's not on your side. It's actually against you. The more you stay in a situation like that, the more damage is done. But I'm glad you brought up the research on that because many people do and especially in the church, you're, you're given the advice to stay because of the children. What is going to happen to the children? And, and you know, and you, 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 you do that. You stay. But research does show that it is better for the children. They, they have a better outcome, you know, when they're removed from a situation that is damaging as an abusive marriage. You know, they do better without that spouse that's causing mm -hmm. all the family discord. So, Phyllis, um, for those of you that um, haven't um, become familiar with you already, I mean, maybe talk for a minute about your therapy practice and um, how the practice helps people, um, you know, deal with um, these issues and, and anything else. Yeah. yeah, I'm very proud of my team here at Heal the Waters Counseling. We do um, work with many, many, many families that are broken by divorce. So I'll begin first though, we do marriage counseling. So we try to help before it gets to the point of divorce. And we've been very successful in, in saving many, many, many marriages. So I'm happy about that. As I said earlier, we're not proponents of divorce. We just know that it is a reality in this world that we live in. So we actually do a lot of family counseling. We see people from ages five to 99. And I always say that because not, I say after 99, you do not ever need counseling again. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> but um, we also, we talked about the parental alienation. We have a lot of experience working with children that are products of divorce. There's a lot of grief and depression that kids go through. We're not oblivious to the fact that it does impact the whole family, particularly children. So we work with those children to help them to, first of all, believe and understand that it is not their fault. That's the biggest thing. And then to help them kind of know how to go between homes if there's that shared custody situation. And that they realize that mom and dad do love them. 
mom and dad may not be in love anymore, but they will always love you. So that's the good part of the work that we do as well in our children um, counseling services. And then we also do divorce counseling. I do have many people that come to me after a divorce or in the middle of a divorce. And again, that emotional and psychological and mental pain that it brings, we help them through that whole process. So we're a family practice, I guess you can say. And I love the work that we do. So Phyllis, um, one of the things I just wanted to ask you for the people that are listening to this, um, if they're resonating with what they're saying and, and they're um, thinking about, um, they might go on the journey you went on where they're going to um, divorce uh, their husband or at least really think about it um, and, and they identify as Christian or um, they they really want to try to fix their relationship um, with, with their husband. And what we're talking about, not not all relationships can't be mended. There's some toxic ones, and I know there's an appendix in your book that goes over the test for maybe seeing that. But there's a lot of a lot of people where they tremendously benefit from counseling. So yes. they're listening to this um, and identifying with you. Um, how do how do they get in touch with you? So yes, um, we are located in Fort Pierce, Florida. Um, the name of the practice is Healing Waters Counseling. We're located very, very locally. It's 900 Virginia Avenue. The phone number is 772-448-4189. And you can also find us on, on the web, the um, internet at healingwaters-counseling.com. It's healingwaters-counseling.com. Do you do the, the video therapy or, or telehealth therapy as part of your practice? Yes, we do, especially since COVID, you know, so we do both face-to-face -face and telehealth. We use Zoom and we also have another HIPAA compliant platform as well. So we actually try to do both. I, I did want to end this without um, talking about your book just a little bit. It's the end of uh, forever, um, hope and healing for the hurting. Up oh, here we are. Um, <laughs> so maybe tell people, I mean, just the, the basic summary of the book, what you think it, it can help um, help them discover and, and learn and, and where to find the book and all that good stuff. Right, right. The first thing, though, I want to make sure I make sure is that we are not advocating for divorce, right? Like we're not saying, get a divorce and go away with it. We're saying if it should, if it comes to that point where that is the option that you need to take, then the end of forever will help you through that journey. So I began with just talking about losing the dream of having a godly marriage. Like every Christian woman wants that. And when that will not be the case, the shame that comes with broken vows, the book takes you through that whole process in a very empathic way. Sometimes, as we said earlier, the church is not very um, open, you know, to the discussions, but the book will give you, a, a, the book provides for you a place where you can feel that empathy, where someone knows what you're going through and has been there. It talks about the necessary separation. You know, separations are, are for a healing purpose. 
So the first goal is that there's you want to bring about marital accountability. Get that partner to, you know, reinvest in that marriage, go do his personal work or her personal work to be able to have a healthy marriage. And I love the message of the book is that earthly failures tend to reveal the faithfulness of God. And so there's hope. It's one thing I want to leave the, the readers with is divorce is not the a hopeless situation. And I do take a deep dive, Chris, in the um, the fact that most times grace is misinterpreted by the church. And so I talk in depth about that. I talk about forgiveness being a given. We walk in forgiveness, but forgiveness does not always mean reconciliation. And that's something that has to be understood and in the evaluation of what you're going through. But when all is said and done, God is a God of comfort. So even in your suffering, you'll find him right there, arms open to walk with you through it step by step. In fact, I, I put one of the, I think the addendums in the book is God's healing plan. And it goes through the steps that he took me through to heal my heart. And it's really funny because I have some funny things in there about what God did to help me heal. But the best part of the book is every chapter ends with lessons learned and a spiritual shift. And I call them spiritual shifts because that's what takes place inside of you when you go through a divorce. There's a shifting in your life from nearly every area of your life. But there's also spiritual shifts. So even though you've gone through this divorce and maybe you don't have a very empathic church, maybe you do, that's great. But if not, that there is spiritual support and the shift that can be made. And also the book can be found on Amazon, um, Barnes and Noble, soft, hardcover. There's also a Kindle um, platform for the book as well. Well, thank you for that explanation. And I mean, I've read um, through a lot of it and getting ready for this today. And I mean, I really found just from my perspective of um, kind of getting the points across um, that part at the end of each, each chapter, which is kind of summarized as talking points um you know near discussion questions um at the end and i mean to me i thought it it summed it up beautifully and it's um you know you you go deep into um, a lot of explanations but you also make it to where you have quick snippets of well, what do i need to learn here how do i need to reframe the thoughts and I, I think a lot of people benefit from from those types of books so i really appreciate um you putting this all out into the world and taking the time to to talk about it here phyllis thank you so much thank you thank you so much thank you so much i have enjoyed being here today